lurks in the hearts of men. <laughs> the shadow knows. The Shadow Knows, written and read by Greg Flynn. A cigarette lay untouched in the mutual broadcasting system's studio ashtray, leaving a round strand of sagging ash and a few shards of tobacco. Orson Welles was tempted to take a final puff. Too late. Cue the canned introduction. His recorded voice asked the radio audience... Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? There was a cackle, and then the shadow knows. In fact, the shadow didn't know. He didn't even know what came next in the script. Arriving as usual with a few minutes to spare, 23-year-old Wells had put down his cigarette, picked up the sheets of paper for the first time, and nodded at the producer, whose facial twitch was worsening. Standing at a microphone in the centre of the studio, the other actors formed a tight semicircle, shoulders almost touching, all in character except Wells. His Lamotte Cranston role could wait. He was staring past Shrebby, Cliff, Dr. Sayer, and Slade Farrow to take in Margot Lane. Wells had decided her smouldering bedroom eyes could burn down a city block. Then the play began. As Cranston, a wealthy man about town, Wells affected a fruity accent, contrasting with the tough-guy tone of Cranston's crime-fighting alter-ego, The Shadow. Wells's performance was delicatessen-grade ham. Margot, the Shadow's socialite sidekick, dipped in and out of the storyline. The show's other characters also grasped a few moments of airtime before the Shadow returned to the microphone. Thirty minutes later, somewhere in between being reassured the Shadow knew and the final advertisement for Blue Coal, Save and Be Safe with Blue Coal, the hero solved the mystery of who had been planting bombs around New York. Out of her Margot Lane character, the actress Margot Stevenson shook her head at Wells. Late, always late, Orson. It's hard to tell if you're a naughty boy or a spoiled brat. Wells grinned. The former sounds more fun. Speaking of which, how about... Margot turned away. Her good night hanging in the air between them. Outside the studio, Manhattan was fixing itself an evening cocktail. Wells didn't need a drink. He was hungry again. The counter at Jonah's restaurant was crowded, so Wells slid into a booth by the window. He looked out at two vagrants arguing in the middle of the narrow street. The quality of the air in the diner improved abruptly. The aroma of shift workers and fried fat replaced by something more fragrant. Glancing up, he hoped it was Margot. It wasn't. The woman was standing so close to the booth that her perfume invaded his senses, throwing him off guard. She had blonde hair and a sleek pageboy cut, pressed down by a small navy blue hat. 
Leaning forward, she hissed, The shadow knows. A tap on the window. Turning, Orson saw it was one of the tramps. He swung back. The woman was gone. Then, so was the tramp. What remained was a white envelope on the edge of the booth table. He tore the flap open. Inside, a stiff white card had been pasted with letters cut from a newspaper. The message read, Find me, or Margot dies. Within seconds, Wells was out on the pavement, swivelling his head. The blue hat was bouncing through the crowds, making for a subway entrance. He trotted down the stairs to the subway, and then into a carriage, its doors shutting behind him. He glanced back at the platform. Blue Hat was standing there, on the platform, smiling at him. In the carriage, two men in dark coats, too warm for the weather, pushed past Wells. Opening the storm door at the end of the carriage, they made the risky steps into the next section. Tilting his head, Wells could see the men talking to a woman. Even with her back to him, she appeared agitated. The train began slowing, coming into the next station. A minute later, Wells was tailing the trio into the street. A Cadillac town car drew up, doors bounced open, and a black hood was swung over the woman's head. Her face turned in time for Wells to recognise Margot. Hero or not, he sprinted down the sidewalk, slapping his palms on the trunk as the car took off. He heard a voice down near his elbow. Need help, bud? The police patrol car was curb crawling, matching Wells's sagging pace. Passenger side window down, the two policemen didn't look like helpful men. Wells's summary of the night's events earned him an invitation to the back seat of the patrol car. Siren on, the car barreled through the traffic. Wells spotted the Cadillac sliding into an alley. Siren off, the patrol car came to a halt behind the parked Cadillac. Bent almost double, Wells followed the two cops up a darkened staircase. The lead officer used the butt of his revolver to bang on a door. Police, he shouted. The door edged open. A police boot kicked it hard. Wells tumbled through the door after the officers. Standing in a tight semicircle, the cast of the shadow was waiting and smiling. Margot Stevenson held out a script. It's next week's storyline, Orson. You'll note I've been kidnapped. We decided if you wouldn't rehearse, we'd force you to. Wells looked at the cast and then at the two cops. Your actors too, he asked. He didn't wait for an answer. He just sighed, said, all the world's a stage. And then holding up his hands, he added, guilty as charged, I surrender. <laughs> Lurks in the hearts of men. <laughs> the shadow knows.